Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you today for being who you are. For being an awesome God. A God that still heals. A God that still hears. A God that still performs miracles. We thank you today. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ who submittedly died for things that we've done and will do. That we never could have paid the price for. He did that with his blood. Thank you Lord Jesus for the impartation of righteousness into our lives. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will take today's word and you will tailor make it for every single person under the sound of my voice. Let everyone leave today with an impartation of something that they did not anticipate. I thank you for answers to questions and solutions and to things that, Father, people may be wrestling with. Thank you for answering our prayers today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated at home. You may be seated in person. Well, we're in month number two, believe it or not, of 2023. This is the month that has two areas that get most of the attention. The first one is considered uh, Black History Month, and we just portrayed that. And then, of course, the second thing in February that people celebrate is Valentine's Day. Say amen to that. And so I'm starting a new series today if you're here for the first time, and it's called Unorthodox Love. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to know what that's about. And the goal of the series that I'll be doing for the whole month is to provide us with a different view of God and his love by, listen, diving into the word for us to have a different perspective. And hopefully this new perspective that I expect us to have after the, after the teaching will help us see and experience God's love and his acts for us at new levels. And here's why having a better view of God's love is so important. Because you can only receive this unorthodox or this unconditional love to the level you're willing to trust him. And the more you know somebody, the easier it is to trust them. When you meet somebody, you really don't know them. And because you don't know them, you really can't trust them. But the more you know them, watch this, the more you love them. And the more you love them, the more you can trust them. And see, I'm not talking about trusting God with your head. I'm talking about trusting God with your chest like Pastor Polo would say. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 in the New Living Translation says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Watch this. And do not depend on your own understanding. Here's a take-home statement if you're taking notes. You cannot process a new move of God with an old mindset. And I'm telling you prophetically today, 
There is an unorthodox move of God that is happening right now at Word of Truth Family Church and that God wants to do in your life. But if you want to process that new move with an old mindset, you will never see what God is doing. Say amen to that. The message translation says, trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure out everything on your own. Amen. The more you know him, the more you can love him. And the more you love him, the more you can trust him. And I believe one of the biggest issues with believers is they don't trust God at levels that they need to, to depend on him. See, it's hard to trust somebody that you don't know. But see, if you have history with God and you've known him for a while, then it's easier to trust him and it's easier to love him. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump together. We're going to give the definition of what it means to be unorthodox so we can all be on the same page. So when I looked it up, the word unorthodox means not conforming, listen church, to rules, traditions, and not conforming to modes of conduct. I'm going to say that again. It means to not conform to rules, traditions, or modes of conduct. Now here are some synonyms for this word unorthodox. It's the word different. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm different. I'm different. It's the word different. It's the word eccentric. Here's a good one. It's the word unconventional. It's also the word unusual, far out, and even crazy. That's what it says. And I'm going to just quote Michael Todd. He says, it's crazy until it happens to you. See, because Prophet Beaver, he prophesied to some of y'all that in 60 days you was going to meet the person that you would eventually marry. So if we had to put this word unorthodox in a sentence, it would say something like this. To not do something in a traditional way. Or to do something that can be viewed as unusual, viewed as different, or viewed as even crazy. And so what we're going to be doing is discussing, listen, ways that God has shown his acts of love toward us and his people. Watch this through some unorthodox acts. And so here's what I just want to challenge you to do. We're going to talk about some different stories today because these stories that most of you are going to know, I believe we have not viewed them from an unorthodox perspective. So I only have one point. Everybody say one point. Just one point today. And the point is, we're going to talk about the unorthodox acts of God. The unorthodox acts of God. In other words, there are some things that are orthodox that have happened in Scripture that I believe we just kind of brush over. And so I believe God wants to use some of these things that he's already done in Scripture to build our faith. Watch this now. So we can trust him at new levels because once you trust God at new levels, your life goes to new levels. Say amen to that. So let's review some of these accounts and let's start out with the challenging one first. You know, typically when I'm preaching, I try to do like a swimming pool. Start out in the shallow water with everybody and then jump down a little deep and then come back up. But this time we're going to kind of jump in. Look at your neighbor and say, he's jumping in today. Ain't got time to be playing. We're just going to jump in. So let's start out by talking about a young lady named Rahab. God used a prostitute named Rahab to help his people conquer a city. And listen, her lineage is tied to the lineage of Jesus Christ. See, most people don't know this. Rahab married a man named Salmon. 
And then they got together and they had a son. The son's name was Boaz. Uh-huh. All y'all who want a Boaz, raise your hand. I want a Boaz. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, a whoredom, a whore, a prostitute is from the lineage of Boaz. Listen. Boaz, listen church, was, listen, he was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of King David. And if you do all of the lineage and all of the genealogy, what you would discover is that Rahab was the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Talking about unorthodox, we're saying, listen, Jesus had a hoe in his family. Oh, we all got him. Oh, we all got him. We all got him. We got him. We got him. How many got him? How many got him? How many got him? That's all? Well, how many are you? You the one. Let me see which one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be nice. Let me be nice. Let me be nice. I won't use that word no more. I don't want to offend nobody. Let's go to the second person. Do you all agree that that's unorthodox? That God will use somebody who we would typically throw away. So it don't matter what has happened in your life. I'm telling you, you have not done nothing bad enough for God to throw you away. Here's the second one. Moses. Everybody say Moses. Moses, also known as what I would call the great emancipator, was born during a time where there was a decree for them to kill all the baby Hebrew boys. In other words, it was a massive abortion. And his mother did not agree with the decree, so she hid him for three months, and when she couldn't hide him no more, she put him in a waterproof basket, and her her daughter named Miriam, which we know as a prophetess in the Bible, pushed him into the river. So we're going to read a a, a quick excerpt on this in Exodus chapter 2. It says, but when she, his mother, could no longer hide him, she got a bush made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank uh, of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. And her attendants walked along the river, the river bank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby and the little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew children. In verse 7 it says, then the baby's sister. Whose sister? The baby's sister. Moses' sister, watch this, had to be in some type of uh, area, said, uh, Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She says, yes, do that. So the princess said that. And so it says that the girl went and watch this. Call the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. And I will pay you for your help. Are you telling me that this woman got paid to breastfeed her own kid? That's unorthodox right there. I mean, how many of you women would love it that you had your baby in the hospital and then the hospital said, take him home and we will pay you as long as you breastfeed. He will be 10 years old on your breast. 
Glory be to God. She said, I will pay you for some help, for this help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. Watch this. Who adopted him as her own. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Wow. Is it ironic or isn't it ironic that the meaning of Moses' name references water? And we know that God used Moses, watch this, to perform the biggest miracle of water in the Bible. Everybody say that's unorthodox. On top of that, I'm going to give you this as a bonus. On top of that, watch this church. God used someone that was adopted to help free over a million people from slavery. Stop wondering who my daddy was, who my mama was. I didn't have a relationship. I can't be a man because I didn't grow up with a man. Let me tell you something. Moses was adopted in Psalm 27. It says, when my father and my mother forsakes me, guess what? The Lord's going to take me up. Stop using the excuse of who you didn't grow up with to know that has nothing to do with God's purpose in your life because God's going to make sure that whatever he's got planned for you will be for you. Say amen to that. Here's another person. I got to hurry up. It's Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was a very important character. And see, God used him to save a whole nation during a time of famine. Now, he's known for two things, for his coat of many colors, and he's known for his dreams. And, it, you know, it's obvious that God gave him a dream. But listen to this, church. But that dream caused his parents to question him and his brothers to be jealous of him to the point that they decided they were going to kill him. But instead, he ended up being sold in slavery. So listen, he ended up working for a very powerful man named Potiphar. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick up the story from here. Because I want you to see the unorthodox acts from God. Why? Because God's going to start doing some unorthodox things in your life. He's already started in mine. You saw it today. Glory be to God. Y'all better clap for the pastor right there. Jesus. Genesis 39, look at verse 1. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, uh, traders, he was purchased by Potiphar. He became a slave who was an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And so watch what it says, though. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Giving him success in everything he did. And this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. It's okay to be the teacher's pet. I just wanted to say that to a young person in the house. You the teacher's pet at school. And they hating on you. For being that. Go on and be that. It's okay. It is. That's God's favor on your life. Amen. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made him his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And when you continue to read the story about Joseph, listen, Joseph ended up in prison because Potiphar's wife lied on him. You ever had somebody lie on you? Now, I don't know if you've had somebody to lie and that lie put you in prison. See, it's one thing for somebody to lie on you, and it's another thing they lie on you and you go to jail. He went to prison because his, this man's wife lied on him. 
And so watch this in prison. He ended up interpreting a dream that got him promoted out of prison. So we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 50 verse 18. It says, then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. And they said, look, we're here. We're here. You're slaves. They said, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I may punish you? He says, watch this church. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me, listen to church. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many, many people. Being sold as a slave and being put in prison, put Joseph in position for the dream that God gave him to come to pass. And let me tell you something. Some of the trouble you have gone through seemed like it was demonically designed when it was in reality in, 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 intrinsic design by God. See, you have to understand, God works not some things, but all things together for good. So it don't matter what you went through. You Listen, sometimes we think the devil brought the trouble. No, see, though we walk through the valley because trouble's going to come, it don't matter if you're a Christian or not. You're going to have some problems in the earth. And God says, since you're going to have some problems, I'm going to work it out. And I'm going to put at the end, I'm going to tell you how it's going to work out before you go through it. He says, I'm going to work it all together for your good. It was unorthodox of God. Listen, church, this is so good to give somebody a dream that will cause them trouble, but yet fulfill their destiny. I'm going to say that again. It, it was unorthodox of God. Listen, church, to give somebody a dream, but that dream would cause them trouble, but yet help them fulfill their destiny. You know, that's really what trouble is designed to do. Look at your neighbor and say trouble don't last always. If you will let God, he'll use the trouble to get you on track to fulfill his destiny for your life. Say amen to that. God used a man named Peter, a person who denied Christ, to introduce the gospel to a group of people, watch this, that the Jewish community would have never thought would have a relationship with God. Everybody say, that's unorthodox. In Acts chapter 10, it says in Caesarea, there lived a Roman officer named Cornelius. He was a captain of the Italian regiment. Verse 2, it says, he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. And one afternoon, around 3 o'clock, he had a vision, and he saw an angel of God coming toward him. And the angel said, Cornelius. And he says, he was in terror. What is it? And the angel replied, your prayers and your gifts. That's why I tell people, pray and give. He says, your prayers and your gifts has what? Has been received by God as an offering. Then he says in verse 5, send some men to Joppa and summons a man named Simon Peter. By the way, Simon Peter is staying with a man named uh, uh, Tanner who lives, watch this, around the seashore. God knows your address. And then it goes on to say, he told them what happened, his personal attendance and a devout soldier, and he sent them to Joppa. So then now, verse 9, the next day as Cornelius' messages were in town, Peter went up to the flat roof to pray. It was about noon. He got hungry. How many get hungry when you pray? Hungry and sleepy, praise the Lord. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance or a vision. He saw the sky open and watch this. And something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. And in the sheet, 
there were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. And this voice came to him and said, Peter, get up, kill it and eat it. And he says, no, Lord, I have never eaten anything. Watch this, that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. Remember now the definition of an orthodox is not conforming to rules or tradition. God is now challenging Peter to do something that his tradition didn't allow him to do. And I'm going to tell you something. God's going to be talking to you to do some stuff. And it ain't going to make sense to a lot of people. But when God speaks, you don't need a crowd to, to listen, to vote on if you should do it or not. He said, but the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And the same vision repeated three times. And then the sheep suddenly pulled up to heaven. And Peter was very perplexed. He says, what could this vision mean? And then he sent men, just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate. They asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was what? puzzling. I want you to remember that word puzzling because next week when we do the interview, it's going to be very important. Everybody say puzzling. He's, he was puzzled over the vision. He, say, he said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up. Go, go downstairs. And then he went with them. But here's my point. God used an unorthodox method to use Peter to preach the gospel to a group of people that the Jewish people would have never thought would have a relationship with God. Everybody say that's unorthodox. Amen. So here's the question for us today as I close. Are you going to spectate, speculate, or participate? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Unorthodox things are happening. See, are you going to speculate? Oh, what is that? I don't know. I, uh, how long was Pastor Siegel? How long this? Uh, no, uh, are you going to speculate? Are you going to spectate? Or are you going to participate? That's three words. This is a prophetic message that I want you to get. Because listen. God is doing something that is unorthodox in this church and he wants to do something unorthodox in your life if you let him. Here's the question I have for you. Can you perceive it? Can you see it? Or do you receive it? Are you going to spectate, speculate, or participate? Isaiah 43, uh, prophet said this last week in verse 18. It says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things that are old. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing. Now it's going to spring forth. You, shall you not know it? He's, listen, he didn't ask for your permission. He didn't take a vote and say, I'm going to vote with where the truth see if, if I can do a new thing. He said, no, I'm going to do it. The New Living Translation says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Look at your neighbor and say, he done already got started. Listen to the living Bible because, see, I want you to get this. The only reason God says something over and over and over and over and over is maybe because you got too much wax in your spiritual ears to hear him. Listen to what the Living Bible says. But uh, uh, the message translation. It said, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. 
Listen to now the today's English version. Do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long time ago. Listen, it is time out to stay stuck on what happened in your life three years ago, three months ago, five years ago. It's time to let that go. He can't do something unorthodox until you let go of what was old. He can't do nothing new until you let go of what was old. Somebody say amen to that. So, he says, do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. He says, watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's happening already. I know your marriage is stuck in a rut. But God heard one of y'all pray the prayer. There's a fresh wind coming to marriages. Church, the time has come for an unorthodox move of God to take place. Here's the problem. I'm, I'm closing. Touching everything. He closed. He closed. Here's the problem. Many of us are stuck in our old ways and we're stuck with our old principles. I'm going to say that again. Many of us are stuck in our own ways. And we're stuck with our old principles. We're trying to put old, uh, uh, new wine in some old wineskins. We're trying to put the unorthodox ways of God in a box. We're trying to discern, watch this, from our flesh and through our emotions instead of from our spirit. See, our thoughts are not his thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Say amen to that. So here's the question as I close. Are you so stuck on what God did that you can't see what he's trying to do? He's ready. Where are you? So here's the application to today's message, which has a prophetic word that came from one of our prophets in the house that sent me this while we were worshiping. They sent it to me. It said. Good morning, Pastor Evan. The Holy Spirit is saying many are being pressed to make hard decisions right now. But only those that are aligned with God's word will yield fruit and be rewarded as they obey God. Not those that are popular or well received. Some of y'all are in the midst of making some hard choices. Well, a hard choice is easy when you pick his way. Say amen to that. So how do we apply this? Number one, you're going to accept it even if you don't understand. Accept that God is doing something. on. You don't have to understand it. Then number two, don't be a spectator, or a partic- but be a participator. Obey God, listen, and leave the results up to him. How many receive something unorthodox taking place in your life right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak prophetically over this church and those who are watching. You said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. It's already begun. Thank you for some things taking place that we have never experienced in our life. Thank you for being who you are. And we receive today by faith the boldness that we need to be open to what you are trying to do and what you're doing. And I thank you for the boldness of every person to walk it out. 
And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may put your hands down. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not sure, I want to pray for you.